going through a series covering uh, the major themes of Advent, the season leading up to Christmas, and we've been talking about all of these wonderful words that God has kind of brought new meaning to and new, new uh, uh, meaning behind as a result of Christmas. We started with hope a few weeks ago, and then we talked about love, and then we talked about joy last week. This week we're talking about peace, peace. It's another word you've seen probably all over the place at this time. You've seen it on people's houses. You've seen it in cards that maybe have been mailed to you. You've seen it in stores. You've seen it on TV shows. You've seen it in commercials. You've seen this word peace. And it's something that we all are longing for, I think, as, of, as members of the human race, as members of society, we want peace. In fact, this may be one of the, one of the best times we've uh, been longing for peace. We have gone through some horrific events that have led us to remember that we need peace in our world, we need peace in our life. In fact, if you think back to the Paris attacks, what was the thing, there's a fly. I didn't get it on my hand. It's probably in my coffee. (laughs) After the Paris attacks, what was the symbol that everyone in the world put up? It was peace, right? It was the Eiffel Tower as a peace symbol. Peace is something that we're longing for. Peace is something that we all need. I think the fly was in there. I'm kidding. But peace is something that we've been longing for all along, almost all along. There was a brief period of time at the very beginning when God made everything that there was peace. But then ever since Adam and Eve walked away from peace in pursuit of control and pursuit of power and pursuit of knowledge, we've been longing ever since to get back to that peace. Peace is a big theme at Christmas time. In fact, we sang about it just a little while ago. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote the poem, originally a poem that was then turned into a song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Henry himself knew what it meant to long for peace. In 1861, Henry's wife died when her dress caught on fire. That year he wrote in his journal, how inexpressibly sad are the holidays. A year after the incident, he wrote, I can make no record of these days, better to leave them wrapped in silence. Perhaps someday God will give me peace. Longfellow's journal entry on December 25th, 1862 reads, a Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. In 1863, Henry received word that his son had been severely wounded in the Civil War, and he was nearly paralyzed. Henry's journal was blank on Christmas Day in 1863. Within in 1864, throughout the year of 1864, his son survived. I don't know how well he survived, but he survived. And there was hope with the re-election of Abraham Lincoln that the war might come to an end. And then we hear these words that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote in 1864. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I grew up in a small town in Ohio. And originally, 
before they kind of, they, they did a new lobby at the, on the front of the church, but before that we just had these stairs and we had the old bell tower that you may remember if you've been around any of the older churches. We don't have a bell tower. We have a place where they maybe could have put bells at some point in time, but there's, a, to my knowledge, never been a bell there. But before that we had bells and I remember I always wanted to and I think one time, I don't remember the guy's name, but one time the guy let me ring the bell. You know, we'd ring the bell in the morning when it was time for church. We'd ring the bell on Sunday night when it was time for church. We'd ring the bell on Wednesday night when it was time for church. And then on holidays, like Christmas, they would ring the bell and you'd hear the bells ringing on Christmas to celebrate Christmas Day. And this was a tradition that had been going on for hundreds of years. Churches around the world had bell towers. They called them belfries, where the, where the bells were housed. And then they would ring out on Christmas to celebrate Christ's birth. And some of them were more fancier than the others. They would play songs with the bells. And then when they tore down the, the entrance, they put on the new lobby, they put up speakers, and they played recordings of bells. It just doesn't quite have the same effect. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. Here's Henry listening to those bells. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And while he's listening to the the bells, he had this thought and thought how as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, swinging on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And here we see some of the pain he experienced, and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The world longs for peace. We live in a world that deeply desires to be at peace, and yet for some reason we can't ever seem to find it. Jesus came, and he came, and he came in peace. You know, it's not like we see in the movies about aliens where they say, you know, I come in peace. Jesus actually came not just in peace, but he came as peace himself, and we see this in Luke chapter two, verse eight. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, I read just this week that some people think that these shepherds may have been a a step above some of the other shepherds where they may have actually been keeping the sheep that were used for sacrifices. And so here come the angels announcing the arrival of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world to the shepherds who may have been caring for the lambs who were sacrificed, the sheep who were the sacrifice before Christ's coming. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and the shepherds were terrified. They were scared. They were caught off guard. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus 
was not only coming in peace, he was peace. This was prophesied for hundreds of years before Christ actually came. In Isaiah, we hear in chapter nine, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. This was written at least 700 years before Jesus came. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The government and his, his government and his peace will have no end. We long for peace, and at Christmas we get to stop and remember and celebrate that that's exactly what Jesus Christ brought. We do all kinds of things because we're longing for peace. We set up a world around us to try to bring us comfort and peace. These things we do, they become comfortable and normal to us, and Though they may not in themselves be peaceful activities, they become normal and so they become comfortable And when they feel normal to us. For brief moments of time, we feel at peace. Because we wanna be at peace, we surround ourselves with things that make us feel comfortable and we think if we can just get enough of these things around us, if we can just get enough of this stuff around us that makes us feel comfortable, we'll feel at ease and maybe eventually we will discover peace. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you're the one who goes in the opposite direction. You don't feel at peace, and so you do things to try to numb the unsettled feelings that you have when peace and the idea of peace arises. So we create a war within ourselves and with those around us. If we can't feel at peace, no one else should either. So we set out, whether consciously or unconsciously, to destroy the peace of everything and everyone around us. We build our hopes for peace on the wrong foundations. Peace that is built on others will always dissolve, it will always fall apart. They won't live up to our expectations just as we won't live up to theirs. Peace that is built on things will always be stolen, especially at Christmas time. There's this dream that if I get this one thing, this magical thing, this magical item, I am going to have peace. I'll feel happy and the void that I feel right now will be filled. I don't know if you've ever gone through this, but then you get the thing that you've put all your hope that will bring comfort and peace and you discover that it too is empty. They have no deeper meaning than the function they perform and they're not designed to provide peace. Peace that is built on others will always dissolve. Peace that is built on things will always be stolen. Peace that is built on organizations and governments will always end up in war. Organizations and governments are run mostly, not entirely, but mostly by people who themselves are without peace. So we should not be surprised when those organizations, when those governments find themselves in wars with other companies, with other organizations, and with other countries because they're only acting out the lack of peace they feel in their own lives. Peace that is built on ourselves will also always come crashing down. We think because we know ourselves, we're the only ones that we can trust with our own peace, and so we build up a wall around us. But I don't know about you, I disappoint myself all the time. We disappoint ourselves all the time. We want to do the right thing, we want to live the right life, but we just can't. For some reason, we fall short. 
We have the best intentions and desires, but in the end we disappoint ourselves just as everyone and everything else has. Peace that's built on others will always dissolve. Peace that is built on things will always be stolen. Peace that is built on organizations and governments will always end up in war, and peace that is built on us will always come crashing down. In a way, we're just like Linus. I don't know if you saw the article this week. It kind of went around Facebook, and they were talking about Linus and this epic moment where Charlie Brown and the gang had kind of been struggling through you know, the Christmas program they're trying to put on, and, and Charlie Brown is frustrated and disappointment, disappointed at the commercialization that everyone around him had been enduring. This was actually 50 years ago when this was first created. We still struggle with the same things today. Charlie Brown is disappointed in commercialism and trying to put together a Christmas program that will hopefully reinvigorate Christmas spirit among the people, and he can't get everyone together. And, and frustration, Charlie Brown just kind of screams out, what's Christmas even about? What is the meaning of Christmas? And then we see Linus come up and tell Charlie Brown what Christmas is all about. Let's watch the clip together. I don't know if you saw the article. I want to read part of it for you this morning. Charlie Brown is best known for his uniquely striped shirt, and Linus is most associated with his ever-present security blanket. Throughout the story of Peanuts, Lucy, Snoopy, Sally, and others all work to no avail to separate Linus from his blanket. And even though his security blanket remains a major source of ridicule for the otherwise mature and thoughtful Linus, he simply refuses to give it up until this moment when he simply drops it. And that climactic scene where Linus shares what Christmas is all about, he drops his security blanket, and I am now convinced that this is intentional. Most telling is the specific moment he drops it when he utters the words, fear not. Looking at it now, it's pretty clear what Charles Charles Schultz was saying, and it's so simple, it's brilliant. The birth of Jesus separates us from our fears. The birth of Jesus frees us from the habits we are unable or unwilling to break ourselves. The birth of Jesus allows us to simply drop the false security we have been grasping so tightly and learn to trust and cling to him instead. The world of 2015 can be a scary place and most of us find ourselves grasping to something temporal for security, whatever that thing may be. Essentially, 2015 is a world in which it is very difficult for us to fear not. But in the midst of fear and insecurity, this simple cartoon image from 1965 continues to live on as an inspiration for us to seek true peace and true security and the one place it has always been and can always still be found. The only lasting peace can be found in the Prince of Peace. I love that article, it was a great article to read, it was great that somebody stopped and pointed that out and I'm not Charles Schultz, I'm not sure if he did it on purpose, he probably did, but but here's the problem I have, not only with the article, you can still find the article online, and I'll give you a link to it if you'd like, but not only with the article, but with uh, the, the piece that we're all struggling for. Yes, Linus dropped his blanket at that moment at, when he said, fear not. But here's a problem I have, not just with the article, I have the same problem with myself, the problem that I notice in so many of us. Christmas gives us this wonderful opportunity to experience true, eternal peace. The birth of Jesus puts our fears into perspective. We aren't afraid because the angels announced that the one who was coming was coming in peace and was peace himself, just as has been 
just has been, had been prophesied for hundreds of years before. The birth of Jesus can overcome our fears. The birth of Jesus can overcome all the habits, patterns, and things we've surrounded ourselves with to create a false sense of peace. Christmas reminds us that fear is a thing of the past because the Prince of Peace came and literally conquered every fear known to man, including death itself. Christmas is all about the Prince of Peace, and we believe it. We buy into it for a moment. We sing songs about it, and we agree to it for a moment. We watch movies, and We get wrapped up in the idea of it. We celebrate it on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day, but only for a moment. We we celebrate the peace of Christ at Christmas, but for some reason, we leave it with Christmas. Just as though it was a decoration we put out once a year, and when we take down the tree, we pack away our hopes for peace until next Christmas rolls around when we'll dream of it and hope for it again. The peace of Christmas lasts only for a moment, and then just like Linus, we pick the blanket back up. We believe in the scriptures while they're being read, but then we pick the blanket up again. We believe in the hope of peace, but then we go back to our regular day-to-day fear-filled lives. Christmas gives us a glimpse of peace, but it doesn't last. Why? Could it be that even though we agree maybe mentally and on principle that yes, Jesus came to bring us peace, we still have wrapped up our entire lives and put all of our hope in things and and people and, and organizations and even in holidays and traditions and a thousand other man-made things, including religion, instead of actually putting our hopes in the Prince of Peace. See, nothing has really changed because everything is still about building up a facade of peace around us while no one knows true peace. Things, seasons, holidays, people, and religion only serve as facades of peace. The only real assurance of peace is found in a relationship with the Prince of Peace. The only real assurance of peace is found not in a religion, not in an institution, not in a government, but in a person, the promised person of peace. The Christ's coming at Christmas wasn't just to create a holiday that could be distorted in a thousand different ways to accomplish a thousand different agendas. The purpose of Christ's coming at Christmas was to restore peace between us and God, the peace that was broken in the garden thousands of years before. We don't know peace because we're living at odds with the Prince of Peace. We're living at odds with the God who created the very idea of peace. See, we've failed to live up to his standards. We've failed to be who we were created to be. Because of our failure, we are at odds with God. We are against God. But thankfully, Jesus came, the Prince of Peace came and changed everything. And with his own life, he paid the ransom that was due on our account. See, by failing to live up to his standards, up to what he created for us to live up to, we racked up a bill that would have to be paid, a bill that we could not pay on our own, but Jesus came and with his own life, he paid the bill for us. And what's asked of us in return? It's to commit our lives to sharing this peace with the world. Not a peace that disappoints, not a peace that is built on 
religious ideas, not a peace that is built on things and people, but the peace of God which passes all understanding. This peace that has been given in a way unlike any other gift has ever been given. See, the world gives and the world disappoints continually. We are continually disappointed in the world. But John 14, verse 27 says, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. It doesn't sound like we just drop the blanket for a little bit and then pick it back up. It sounds like we're supposed to drop the blanket and leave it there. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. In 15 minutes, it's okay if you become afraid again, but for now, don't be afraid. This is not a momentary peace. It is an eternal peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So whatever blanket you drop this Christmas season, my plea for all of us this morning, leave it. Whatever blanket you drop, just leave it there. It's, it's not worth picking back up. It doesn't offer any of the hope you're actually looking for. It doesn't offer any of the peace that you need. So instead, just drop the blanket, leave it there, and, and walk away. Don't be like Linus. Don't, don't, don't drop it for a minute and then pick it back up. Don't drop it today because you believe in the story of Christmas and what we're talking about this morning, then pick it back up this afternoon or, or pick it back up tomorrow. Don't drop it on Friday when you stop and celebrate Christmas with your family and then pick it back up again on Saturday. Don't drop it for the week and pick it up next week. Drop it and leave it there. Walk away from it once and for all, and sing Noel. The meaning of the word Noel is not entirely clear, but as best I can understand, it refers to the day of Christmas. It's used in other countries to refer to that day of Christmas. But it looks like it originated not just with the day of Christmas, but it went back to the word birth. And they used it to, to talk about Christmas Day because they were reminded that Christmas was about the birth of the Prince of Peace. So when we sing the words Noel, we're not just singing a Christmas word, we're not just even singing a Christmas song, we're singing about the birth of peace. The world is longing for peace, and it's a peace that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, when he wrote that song, that poem so many years ago, he went through and he dealt with the struggles and the turmoil that he felt, and then he ended it with this stanza. He says, then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. God is not dead, God is not asleep, 
Our God is not one that we have to make noise and try to wake up because we're afraid he's asleep and not listening to us. God is the same God that he was when Adam and Eve were created, when they sinned, when Jesus Christ came and when he died on the cross and when you were born and when you have walked to this earth. This is the same God, the same God who was the same yesterday, today and tomorrow is the same God who wants to offer you today the gift of peace that you so desperately have been needing and wanting and longing for. God is just waiting to give it to us for receive it. We have to put down our blankets. We have to drop the blanket and leave it there and embrace the peace. So this morning I'm asking, will you drop your blanket and embrace the Prince of Peace? Let's stand together. Band is gonna come, we're gonna take communion. Jesus Christ was born as a baby, he lived as a man and died on a cross paying the price for our sins and you may not have ever taken that step of putting your faith in Jesus Christ and today might be the day for you. Maybe you've never experienced peace in your life because you have been at odds with God. You've been against God and today God is offering peace. He, through the gift of his son, he's offering you a chance at peace, true peace. Eternal, lasting peace. Jesus doesn't give as the world gives. He gives forever. He wants you to have that peace. Maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've never taken that step to walk after him, to walk with him, to walk alongside him in your day-to-day life that the Prince of Peace could guide you and care for you and carry you. And this may be hard to hear, but every single one of us in this room, whether we've believed in Christ or not, at some point in our lives, we were all at odds with God. We were all at war with God. We were all against God. We have all done things that are not right, things that are wrong, that deserve punishment. But Jesus Christ came as a man and he paid the price for that bill that we owed. He, he paid the price for that debt that we owed so that we could come to God and we could stand before God and then we could be clothed in his righteousness. We could be clothed in in his peace. But he didn't just offer that sacrifice for for a moment of peace. He didn't offer that sacrifice for, for just a sliver, for a chance at peace. He offered it for a lifetime of peace and he offered it so that we would experience peace and want to share peace with the world. So whether you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ or whether you've been trying to do this on your own and your own religion and your own ways or you've just been away for a while, I want to invite you back. I want to invite you back to the manger, to a baby born in a manger. And as we celebrate communion, we're looking forward to Good Friday and Easter to the time when Jesus would offer his life on our behalf. He would pay that ransom. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Jesus poured out every last drop of his blood on our behalf so that we could be forgiven, so that our debt could be canceled. They took him down off of the cross. They buried him in a borrowed tomb and the first day of the week, he rose. He conquered death. 
He conquered that thing that we're probably the most afraid of. He, he beat it. So literally all of the worst fears of your life have been conquered if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you have decided today to follow him.